Welcome to the Talent Talk with Robert Walters podcast, where we speak to business leaders around the globe to bring you the latest trends and insights from the world of work. Welcome to Leading from the Front, a diversity and inclusion podcast series by Robert Walters. Over the coming months, we're going to be speaking to a number of industry guests and discussing all things diversity and inclusion. I'm Dominic Horn. I'm a manager of the tech, media and telco team here at Robert Walters London. And joining us today, we have Deepa Sharp. Deepa is a multiple award winning CFO, including the 2020 Technology CFO of the Year and 2018 CFO of the Year at the Women in Finance Awards. Throughout her career, Deepa has been actively involved in multiple industry initiatives that drive change for a more equal and diverse workplace with a considerable amount of time spent helping women progress in their career. Welcome to the podcast, Deepa. Hi, Dom. Thanks for having me. It's all right. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, Sort of jumping straight in then. Uh, where where would you say that your passion for DNI stems from? Because it's obviously something that you've kind of had throughout your career, and you've had some pretty influential kind of positions within it. It's obviously something that you care sort of deeply about, and I was quite keen to kind of see you know where that started and what's what's kind of led you to where you are today. Yeah, well, for me, it started actually only four years ago um, in 2016 when I won my first award which was uh, for the Asian Women of Achievement Awards. And I won the award in um, the business category. And I guess previous to that, I hadn't really been aware of the awards or about women in business. And um, not only that, but just ethnicity and career mm. and my industry in particular, when it comes to you know an ethnically diverse workforce and how underrepresented it was. I think that award platform and all the things that I went through with it kind of opened up my eyes and gave me quite a big shock and then when I started digging into things like the IPA stats um, I realized how bad it was Um, and then I realized how bad things were from a gender perspective in my industry so I think it kind of opened up this massive can of worms (laughs) for me where I was like oh okay before that I was just in my own bubble happy in my job happy in the company because I felt I hadn't really experienced any of the things that clearly so many other people are. Um, mm. I've been incredibly fortunate in my career that I've worked with some great businesses that have chosen to support me to, you know, really push me to help me excel in my career. Um, and so, yeah, so I guess 2016 was, was a starting point for me on, on that journey. Amazing. And do you think that, you know, it's still a little bit almost disheartening in a way that we're still having to kind of talk about it and, you know, the people are almost kind of surprised that it's still happening and almost maybe a little bit kind of close to the fact that it's still happening. Yeah, I mean, it is disheartening, but I think we also have to remember that a lot of the work that is put being put behind it hasn't been happening for that long. You know, it's been yeah. a few years and I think any sort of significant change will take time. Mm. Um, and, you know, DNI is such a vast space. It, it, there's so many strands to it. I just think that it will take years for us to get to where we need to get to. But I think the positive is that we've all started and everybody's having the conversation and being, you know, businesses are being challenged and having uncomfortable conversations, which I think is really important. Um, But I I do think any big change, and there are big changes to businesses uh, and ways of working, that I do think it will take time. I think so, yeah. And I think, 
you know, you've hit the nail on the head there that I think people have to kind of get used to having slightly more uncomfortable conversations that 10, 15, 20 years ago, they just weren't being asked to have and weren't being asked to kind of consider actually, you know, do we need more women on the board or do we need a, a greater BAME representation? And I think it's, you know, a tough first few steps for us, but I think it's much better that, you know, now it's very much at the forefront of people's agendas, really. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I think as well, you know, you've been involved certainly in the last couple of years while you were at Omnicom, you're part of the Omni Women Committee, um, and then you actually chaired Viva Women as well over, over at Publicis. What was what was the kind of kind of main driving force behind them being being founded? Was it something that you were kind of part of? Did you kind of see that it was already already existing and you kind of stuck your hand up, or, or was it something that you actually said, "Hey, come on, guys, you know, we need to we need to go and do something here." Well, um, both committees, both sort of um, sort of inclusion sectors within those two holding groups, they were fairly new. So they'd only been around for a few years. Um, and I joined Omni Women Committee, I think when it was about three years in. Right. Um, and these women had been going for a couple of years. And when I joined, I decided to formalise it into a proper board um, yeah. rather than having the committee. And that board was much smaller than the committee. Uh, the board was men and women right. and we had subcommittees you know um, for each parts of the, the you know different parts of publicists I guess um, and I guess for me it was it was about creating a community for women uh, both yeah. on com and in publicists and being able to network having that sense of community making sure that people didn't feel they were on their own um, yeah. that they could talk to talk to others who might be in the same boat as them, you know, whatever's going on. Um, and I think it was also the benefit of sharing knowledge um, through, you know, other women, through speakers that we had at events, through training sessions. Um, so it was all about how to build confidence around having conversations, how to ha build confidence around building careers. It was all of that, but it was just the fact of being part of a network and feeling mm. that you're not by yourself was was the most important thing I think out of all of them and we yeah. did some great things you know like I said we, we held lots of events we celebrated International Women's Day we held training events um, all sorts of things throughout both groups and um, they were always met with um, really positive feedback afterwards and you know the difference that we were making you, you could really tell mm. so definitely yeah successful I know that they continue to be successful to this day as well I was actually on an Omni Women panel on Thursday. Um, oh wow! Nice to yeah, which is quite nice. So they're all they're both still going strong. Great. You mentioned um, that there were obviously both men and women involved in it. How how important do you think that we have a kind of a conjoined effort from 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 companies and from both men and women to a admit the fact that there has been a gender imbalance and 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 b try and really kind of push through this this change that we're all hoping to see. I think it's really important. You know, it goes back to the point around having allies. Yeah. Um, I think you need allies. I think, you know, if you have a, a women's only board, like, and this is this is where my thinking really changed when I went to publicists. I thought, yeah. right, we're going to have a women's only board, but then isn't that making it divisive already? Yeah. Actually, what we're trying to do is promote inclusivity. So actually what I would like to do is have some male champions on that board who are going to help us promote with you know gender diversity um issue across the whole of the group how do we make it better we need their input you know mm -hmm. we need to understand what the challenges are what the barriers Definitely. are and actually how we can overcome them together so that's that's why i decided to 
kind of go a bit off piste to yeah. what a lot of other others are doing and go actually no I'd like to try something out and it was actually so successful that they've kept it going you know uh, one of the co-chairs as I was leaving one of the co-chairs is is a male she's great, great. Um, that's I think it's so important to kind of almost have that as an educational piece because I think there are probably a lot of people out there that almost not necessarily have their head in the sand but just don't know that it's going on and I think you know if they can attend meetings and attend you know seminars and events on these things that actually they know what to look for in a certain situation or actually might understand how you know what what of their female colleagues might like to be treated slightly differently for example but has never felt strong enough to to stand up and now feels kind of empowered to do that yeah exactly and it is that it is the understanding it's the understanding why certain things are happening it's understanding how women are feeling uh, mm. in the workplace it's it's all those things and it's the sharing of the knowledge I think is really important but just making it feel like it's not just a female you know female issue or a women's problem yeah. it, it's a it's a shared issue Definitely. that we're all trying to uh, make positive changes for I think so with with kind of creating these networks and setting it up and sort of driving this change, where do you think responsibility lies? Is it more at a kind of a, a top board level? Is it kind of people who are down in the trenches leave, living and breathing it every day? You know, what's your what's your thoughts on that? I think to drive it, it, it has to be done throughout the entire organisation. Mm. But I do believe that if the senior leadership of the organisation is not living and breathing it and leading it makes it incredibly hard for the rest of the business to believe in it. Yes. I do think there needs to be some responsibility at the top, but then, you know, then it's, then it's a culture throughout the whole business. Yeah. So, you know, that's what I think. That's my, that's my view on it. And I've, I've seen businesses where it isn't being driven from the top and then it kind of falls down and then it's leaving everyone else a bit confused. So I think that, that leadership do have to take responsibility for it to an extent. Definitely. Yeah, I'd agree on that. I think I think they have to kind of set the tone, but then it probably has to be picked up by by the rest of of, of the staff and sort of run with, I guess. Um, obviously, look, we've spoken quite a bit around sort of gender equality and supporting women into into senior roles and pushing themselves forward. I think obviously another massive issue is the total lack of representation of, of, of BAME talent within the industry. Um, this is obviously something you're clearly, clearly passionate about. Have you have you seen much kind of change in this area? Is it is it sort of behind where the the kind of women's equality is coming along do you know what it's still a problem through the industry that I work in it's a huge problem it's the 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 representation stats are not getting any better um and I think it's to do with how you know bringing people in and retaining them nurturing them Mm. um so it's not improving unfortunately I'm not seeing any numbers it's a real shame and, you know, I'm, I'm hearing things across the industry where people are being brought in as hires, but then are seen as a bit of a token hire. And I, I, I right. really think that there's a, you know, my view, and I'm sure other people might, might think differently, but my view is I think there's still a huge um, challenge around recruiting people from, um, you know, Black, Asian, ethnic minority backgrounds, um, you know, where they're coming from, retaining them, bringing them in not mm. making them feel like that they're a token hire I think there's a huge piece of work to be done around that and, yeah. and how do we get better at it you know how do we bring the people in how do we nurture them how do we get them in senior roles um, it's probably a case of trying to bring them in at all levels really so that exactly. it's 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 a normality as opposed to a oh look we've just hired somebody because we needed to 
as a yeah. you know high... I, I think a lot of the work needs to be done at school level as well I think yeah when I when I've been to sort of sixth form schools to talk about um, careers and things they don't even know 16 to 18 year olds don't even know the opportunities available in the creative services industry and mm. so I think maybe that's where we need to start targeting now so that they know what opportunities are available to them once they finish uni or you know leave school and I, I don't think we're doing that or, or doing enough of that so I think it starts from there and maybe even younger than that you know yeah. maybe maybe from like 11 to 15 or 16 year olds, we need to start going to schools and talking about the opportunities available, the careers available. Um, I just don't think that's happening. And I think that's part of the problem. Perhaps even almost setting up some kind of a, a work experience for, you know, maybe yeah. like purely focusing on, on, on upping the, the number of kind of BAME applicants that you exactly. might see at the agency level. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, unfortunately, it remains a challenge, and I'll be delighted once stats go up again. But I don't know how long. Hopefully, that's going to take. no. You know, I really don't know how long that's going to take. Do you think? You know, have there been any kind of major challenges that that, that you've certainly seen with businesses trying to implement these DNI initiatives so that they can create an awareness of of this within? companies so that then hopefully further down the line they will look at perhaps you know what we we're just talking about there of the the kind of underrepresentation of, of, of Bama go actually hang on a minute we really need to take a proper look at this we really need to invest some time and some money into this yeah I think there's two things I think one is around investment um and it it's always felt a bit like it it's a bit of a discretionary spend and not yeah. um something that's absolutely needed not a critical um business spend or expense and the other, the other piece, I think, is around, um, you know, the, the whole DNI strategy, the, the program. Sometimes what happens is that they bring in DNI, um, sort of chief DNI officers or have a DNI team, but then don't really kind of leave it up to that team to lead everything. And it's yeah. not, it, it feels like it's their responsibility only, but it's not. So I think that that's another sort of challenge area. But investment's a big one. And sometimes businesses don't have the investment available or are not willing to put the investment into DNI initiatives because it does take, you know, it does cost money mm. to do things. Recruitment costs money, to do training costs money, all these things, but they're so important. So I guess it's about how do they create budgets? How do, you, how do they create, you know, uh, pots of money that they can put that investment in to help them longer term? Um, but that's that's an area that I've seen that hasn't that that has been a challenge, um, particularly in areas that I've worked with as well. I think you know businesses might be more so thinking about you know they've made that sort of hire. That's fine, you know that's 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 kind of a box ticked for us that we've got somebody who's looking at DNI, which will automatically fix everything. But actually, I think it's something that takes years and years for a business to to truly be able to to, to kind of actually probably get a handle on it. I would say. Yeah, it's it's not going to happen overnight. And, you know, I, I honestly believe it is a journey and it's going to take years. So the fact that people are talking about it, the fact that businesses are, you know, taking it seriously, but I think it's about how seriously, you know, yeah. I'm going to put your money where your mouth is sort of thing. And, you know, other things like you could have a DNI policy, great. But when I walk into your business, if, I, if I'm walking around, and I'm not seeing people like me or whatever your policy is saying, then your policy is ineffective. It doesn't mean, mean anything. Um, so it's, you know, a friend of mine says, that if you can't see it, you can't be it. So 
and I completely agree with that. So I think the policies have to reflect, you know, the actual culture mm. we're living and breathing in that. Um, and I think that's important for recruitment as well. You know, candidates are going to want to see how diverse your business is um, when when they get there. So doing all those we, things is important. Mm, they probably also want to feel like, you know, they're being hired not for a tick box exercise, but you know on 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 merit and i think you know you touched on the point there of you know if you can see it you're you, you know you are it and i think that actually you know if you walk in and you see you know 100 percent kind of a white male environment you're probably not going to be well you, you might feel a little bit nervous about joining said environment yeah i think and I, you also question why you know if they have if you ask them for a dni policy <laughs> And then you're like, well, hang on a minute, that doesn't quite reflect the reality. Definitely. Who yeah. would mark it? It's more than just a bit of paper, I think. Yeah, exactly. For sure. So if you've got a business that kind of comes to you and you know wants to set up a initiative, a network, you know, be it for BAME or DNI or for kind of everything, what are your what are your three main tips for them? Well, first of all, I'm by no means in the professional area of DNI. <laughs> out there that can help companies with this I mean I'm only going by my own experience what I've seen and obviously I'm passionate about it so I'm speaking from uh, my experience point of view but what I would say to businesses is identify which areas are the biggest you know issues in your in your business Uh, because diversity diversity inclusion is such a big topic it's such a big space so Immediately, what are your priorities? Is it around gender balance? Is it around Black, Asian, ethnic minority representation? Like, what is it? Is it disabilities? Um, And think about that. And then what I'd say is have a clear strategy and and an investment strategy around it. Have a plan, have a strategy. Think about how much you want to invest or how much you can afford to invest in it. You you know, you might not be able to do everything all in one go. So I think it's important Mm. to have that plan. Um, And then thirdly, what I would say is that I think I've, I've said it a few minutes ago in that if you have an internal DNI team, you, that team is not solely responsible for your DNI. Okay, they'll yeah. help build plans. They'll help think about initiatives. They'll pull training sessions together. But the responsibility lies throughout the whole business and it can't just be dumped on one DNI officer and a team of people that are trying to champion it. That's not how it works. Mm-hmm. So, so that's what I would say. That's my advice. I think it, you know it's the responsibility of everybody, um, and everybody needs to care about it. I think so. Yeah, I think I think it's something. Again, this comes back to what we were saying at the start that it has to be a cultural shift throughout the entire business and can't just be oh, I've hired one person. Here we go. Don't panic. We're diverse now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it's definitely definitely more than that. Um, yeah. What would your kind of advice be to? you know hiring managers who are who are sort of listening to this who are trying to build a more inclusive team how can they how can they go about that well i inclusivity is about being included so i think it's about you know as you're building the team think about how each individual is contributing think about the talent that you'd like in the team what's missing you know what areas of experience are missing and that's the whole point build a diverse team it's about the different experiences, like different skills that are coming into that team. So think about mm-hmm. that. Then think about how each person's contributing. One of the things about inclusivity, particularly right now where we're working, you know, everyone's pretty much working remotely, is how do you feel, make everybody feel like their voice is heard? How do you yeah. out for the ones that are super quiet, you know, the ones that are a bit introverted? How do you bring them in? 
how do you, you know, inclusivity is about creating collaboration, creating a collaborative team. So have a think about, you know, how's your team operating now? And actually, if it was truly collaborative, um, how, how would it operate then? You know, what are you missing? Are you making sure that everybody's being heard? Um, is there talent that's missing that you think actually now the next hire could look like this? So yeah. the sorts of questions I would ask. Definitely. Okay. And then I guess if you kind of sort of build build on that, if you're interviewing at a business, then say, how yeah. would you how would you advise somebody to kind of find out if actually they've got the inclusive and, and the sort of diverse culture that, that you'd want to join? Um, well, I, you know, there's obviously going to be some hires that don't really care. But for the hires that do care, I would suggest asking for company stats if they're available around whatever it is that, you, you know, um, that you're concerned about most is it gender is it black asian ethnic minority representation mm. so ask for those stats ask to see their policy as well if they'll share that with you um and ask about you know in terms of the stats what what percentage at each staff level does that make it up you know do they right. have a black person on their senior leadership team um do they have a, a woman on their board i mean all those yeah. sorts of things i would ask for um, and also ask for what DNI initiatives they have in place and are actually actively driving. Um, those are some of the sorts of questions that I'd ask. Mm. Even the gender pay gap, do they measure gender pay gap? Yeah, definitely. You know, just be a bit curious. And I mean, the other thing you can do, which I mean, it it can be a bit hit and miss, is looking at things like glass door reviews of the company. Because uh, yeah. There's, I mean, yeah, you, some of them you have to take with a pinch of salt, I think, on there. Definitely. You, I, I think it does give you a good view of the business broadly as well. So just do a bit of homework and ask the right questions um, and things that can that would concern you the most. Yeah, I think so. And I think it's something that hopefully is, as, as kind of time goes on, businesses will be more and more forthcoming with that information. Hopefully, yeah. you know, there'll be things in place where they have to record it at, at all levels and, and, and disclose them. Yeah. And you know, another question is, you know, asking the company if they've actually had any challenges around diversity and inclusion, if they've had challenges recruiting, um, they, they might be honest with you. I mean, they might not. They might be. I don't know. But it's, a, it's a, yeah, it's a good question to ask. You know, what are the challenges that they have around diversity? Um, mm. Yeah, definitely. I think it's um, I think it's all part of what we kind of started the conversation with of that actually, you know, everybody now knows or hopefully the vast majority of people know that this is a thing. It's a problem. It's not going to go away. Yeah. You have to kind of stand up and face it and address it. And I think the more people that do stand up and face it and talk about it, the better it will hopefully get in time. Yeah. And it, and it not just being a tick box exercise. Definitely. I think there's a lot of companies still out there, unfortunately, probably, you know, the majority that still don't think it affects them or it's their problem. Um, mm -hmm. And actually, we don't know how it affects them. But the businesses that are truly driving um, diversity and inclusion are doing so well and are really thriving. And I think that we're seeing that happen. I, I know businesses that are doing that. Yeah. Working in their favor. So I think if you're not, doing it if you're not promoting it if you're not actively driving it through your culture i think you're going to struggle in the future it, you know right now things might be okay but going forward yeah um, it's going to be incredibly difficult for you to remain competitive um so you know i think it's only a good thing i do as well and i think it's one of those that as soon as businesses 
you know sadly associate it with kind of profitability and making more money and being being better than their competition i think they'll they'll leap on it you know it's a shame that it has to be that way but i think it's something that actually if it means that we end up with a better society and a better kind of way of of working a more kind of diverse and inclusive culture then do you know what i think it's i think it's ultimately a good thing yeah and hopefully one day you know i don't know it's definitely not in my lifetime but one day we won't need to use the words diversity inclusion because it would just be one holistic culture um people from all different backgrounds you know and and i think that's ultimately what we're trying to get to Mm. how long it's going to take i mean you're who knows (laughs) (laughs) yeah but I, i you know i think we are every you know so many of us are on a mission to drive that change and you know I, i'm certainly going to do my best to do as much of it as i can uh, yeah so i think it's a bit of a snowball effect i think as soon as people kind of are a little bit more aware of it more and more you know they'll have a conversation with a few of their friends have a conversation with a few of their friends and it just becomes more and more kind of built into to, to kind of topics and conversations that we're having and i think from from that it will then hopefully drive the change that we all really yeah. want to see yeah exactly well i just wanted to kind of wrap up and just sort of say that thank you so much for your time it's definitely been a pleasure to speak to you and um very very insightful thanks so much don for having me it's been a lot of fun talking to you too my pleasure speak soon Bye. bye